Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1460. Five Ways to Make Weight Loss Easier Through Nutrition, part two, by Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. And I'm Dr. Neil. Hello there, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and lots more, just like an audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors. And of course, always with permission from the sites. Now, remember, today's post is part two from yesterday. So if you're new here or skipping around, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. That's episode 1459. But if you're all caught up, let's make this intro nice and short because I got a class to teach. School's back in session. And let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. Five Ways to Make Weight Loss Easier Through Nutrition. Part two by Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. When people come to see me asking for a meal plan, there are two common lines that stand out to me. One, I want a lot of variety so I don't get bored. And two, I want my food to taste good so that it's easy to stick to. I have a bit of a thought experiment for you though. If you were trying to gain weight as quickly as possible over the next, say, six weeks, what would you want? You would probably want your food to taste good so that it's easier to eat more of it. And you would want a lot of variety so that you don't get bored. Now hear me out on this one. Is it not interesting then that people looking to get lean also have similar desires to those who are trying to gain size? It's not a black and white scenario either. Think of it like a spectrum. For someone looking to gain size, it makes sense to think more towards the variety and good tasting food end of the spectrum. For those looking to lose weight, they may want to spend more time thinking about bland food with a little bit less variety. If your desire to eat is higher because you've been in a calorie deficit for a while, this makes sense. If you are surrounded by a bunch of foods that you really want to eat, it can be harder to say no to eating more than would be ideal for your goals. I look at variety from an overall nutrition perspective and that variety is important for micronutrients and overall gut health. But a common theme I see amongst those who lose a significant amount of weight and keep it off is that they are relatively routine-focused throughout the process. They often eat the same kinds of foods over and over, 
more often than I would typically prefer. The other aspect to consider is to find what works best for you. You might function best by completely disregarding the point I just made. So through trial and error, you need to find what approach works for you. This same point applies to how you go about creating a calorie deficit. Some prefer low fat. Some prefer low carb. Some prefer a mixed approach. Some prefer fasting. To be honest, there is no reason you couldn't fluctuate between different options based on what you are doing each day, week, or whatever. Some people work better with a strict approach. Some work better with a more flexible approach. Having patience and building self-awareness around this is super important. Solids over liquids. It is more difficult and satisfying to eat than it is to drink. One example of this. When you finish a meal because you are full, you can often still manage to drink something that contains more calories. This is a tool I sometimes use with people who struggle to gain size. Even liquids in isolation, separate from meals, often don't leave you feeling as satisfied as if you had eaten whole foods. Another great example of this is a study that involved whole apples that were peeled versus apple juice with fiber versus apple juice that contained no fiber. Each of these were consumed 15 minutes pre-meal and were the same total weight and contained the same number of calories. The results? The whole apple reduced the amount of calories consumed at lunch by 15%. Arguably, it might have been higher if the apple still had the peel since that would further increase the fiber content. The juice options reduced the lunch calories by about 5% with a slight benefit favoring the juice with fiber in it. Now, this is a bit of a no-brainer, but it's still interesting to see the research on it. Once again, this does not need to be a black and white rule. I see it as more of a scale. Consuming fewer liquid calories as a percentage of your total calorie intake while dieting likely makes the process easier. Bonus tip, diet breaks. A final step that I think can make the process easier is to break it up into phases. This is more relevant if you're looking to get significantly leaner. If you have a lot of weight to lose, you could try to do it in one go. You could try to have a calorie deficit all the way through. That being said, it seems easier if you break it up into chunks. One thing we have clear evidence on is that hunger and desire to eat clearly increase over time while in a calorie deficit. Having a diet break, meaning a period of time more than a couple of days where you're consuming maintenance calories, can help offset that. Arguably, if done for long enough, diet breaks could also offset some of the metabolic adaptation that occurs due to dieting. This could raise maintenance calories a little bit higher and make it easier to go back into a deficit. But the most important thing is the mental aspect. Diet breaks may make it easier to stick to the plan if you know a break is coming. It also allows time to practice what it will be like to aim for maintenance calories when you finish the diet too, which is important in a lot of cases. And finally, something I have seen a lot is that certain people never spend any intentional time at maintenance. It is either dieting or not dieting. Diet breaks allow for the opportunity to change that and allow yourself to fuel yourself well and feel good while setting yourself up well for the next phase. Diet breaks are not necessary. They are just one of many options, 
but I feel like they can be helpful for a lot of people. You just listened to part two of the post titled Five Ways to Make Weight Loss Easier Through Nutrition by Aidan Muir of idealnutrition.com.au. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Okay, so what are we left with? When we look at many of the scientific studies on weight management and success with weight loss, we do find some common themes emerging. Even with a study that I conducted, I found these themes that I'm about to tell you still applied. Theme one, find a nutritious meal pattern you enjoy. Whichever meal pattern you find works, be sure, at the very least, it contains five to nine combined servings of fruits and vegetables most days of the week. When I say fruits and vegetables, first think whole foods as opposed to juices, just like you heard from the study that today's author Aiden shared with us. And second, don't think potatoes, corn, and peas so much. When we talk vegetables, think green leafy, red, and orange vegetables. Theme two, expect to feel some slight hunger most days, especially in the beginning. This means that you're in a calorie deficit, which is needed for weight loss so a little bit of hunger is okay. Theme three, stay physically active. And theme four, be consistent and have patience. Give yourself time to see these effects. It will definitely help if you have others in your life that are willing to support your efforts. If you don't have anyone at the moment, that's okay. If you can and you feel comfortable, seek out like-minded individuals to help support you on your path. And if you stick to these key themes that we just shared, you will achieve your goal. All right, that'll do it for today. Thank you again so much for being here. Thank you for listening every day. I hope you're having a wonderful week so far. I gotta run, I gotta go teach a class. So I hope to see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.